Put you six feet deep, that's an underground rapper Everywhere I go's a riot, people crying Everywhere you go is silent, why so quiet? I show up and it's a riot, they excited Where you go ain't nothing like it, why so quiet? Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John DeBarre, and my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. And, of course, as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. Check out Expand the Box Score. Use the promo code 40. Get four days of free advanced stats. So, week five is in the books. Moving on to week six. The bye weeks are upon us. We got some injuries. And, as always, we're going to dig into some of this uh some of these usage trends, targets, all that good stuff. Walk, how are you, and where do you want to start? Take two. That's that's where we're going to start. Yeah, listen to the outtakes for my humorous uh, introduction that I'm the internet guys took us recreate out. inauthentically. So I'm doing great. Well, week <laughs> five, bye weeks, injuries, third of the way through the season, all that fun shit. Eagles, Kyler Murray short legged himself to a five and zero start. Tis what it is. Excited about Sunday night football this week. Yeah. True barometer against the Cowboys. And uh, well, that is that, John. How about you? I had a, a weird week. Like going into, I don't have a ton of Raiders or Chiefs, unfortunately. So, like last night, I was really, I had some good weeks going. I was like, oh, when I saw, saw that my score is Sunday night. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I must have run into a ton of. Kelsey and Mahomes and Devontae Adams because I lost a bunch and I thought I was I I had like big leads so I, I had a bad week that Sunday I would have said when I was you know starting to get ready for this I was like oh I could brag a little bit this is a monster week for me it was twas not <laughs> yeah I went I went up against the Kelsey uh, Mahomes stack in one league that just buries you right after after that four touchdown. H back fest, I guess that, that Kelsey put on because what was it seven for twenty five yards and four touchdowns? I mean that's that's otherworldly. I uh, I lost a healthy bet because of Kelsey fifty plus yards and because Chiefs minus two and a half. I just don't understand how neither of those things hit last night, given the fact that Kelsey caught four touchdowns. But alas, <laughs> yeah. that's what that's what happened. Um, and yeah, so I took a couple on the chin. I also had Mahomes in a number of spots. So you know, it's it's the game we play. When you when you get in enough leagues, you're you're gonna get it both ways. You're not gonna avoid the huge games and yeah, you know, be a beneficiary of of all of them. So tis what it is. I I humble. You know, I I I got out in front of a my home league win. When they had Devonte Adams left, I was up like forty some points, and I gave the guy like the started giving him the business. And another guy in the league, he's like, eh, "Little, little preemptive." And I'm like, "Listen, shoot or shoot, I'm up now. This, this is where, this is where I'm going to talk shit." If I end up losing, so be it. He put up like thirty two. <laughs> I mean, he he found it. What the dude had three catches for like 120 some yards and two touchdowns. He had he had a Gabe Davis light day. Is what he yeah. had. If he. If he got the Gabe Davis, he it might have been close. Um, I don't even think 32. So let me do the math. 127-2, 24.7, 3, 25.7. So I was still comfortably one. I'm like, dude, if he puts up 44 points, well, 
fuck? Like, what, what, do, you, you do? What, do you, what do you want me to do? You know, so I was like, I, I doubt that happens. But had I watched the game, I probably would have been a little bit tight cheeked, to be honest with you, because I appreciate he got a deep one early. I think the first touchdown of the game was uh, was uh, was a pretty long one, if memory serves for my box score scouting. I'm just going to look this up real quick. 58 yards in the first quarter. Touchdown. That's always so I'd be like, like, oh, and then uh, he got, a, uh, I guess, a, a bad start to the day. <laughs> it is. Tis and he didn't get his second one till late. He was he actually got the last touchdown of the day too. And we were talking before we went live about how they went for two for the win, a forty-eight yarder. So he had two big touchdowns, but there was a void in between where he only caught one pass in between all of that. So I guess I would have by the fourth quarter felt pretty comfortable about my <laughs> prospects. That's kind of what started the day on Sunday. That game Davis bomb, and you go, oh, <laughs> oh no, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a massive hole now. And it's the nah. first, literally the first play on red zone. The beauty, well, one, you know about me and Gabe Davis. So I did not play against him in many places because he was either in my starting lineup or on my bench, more so in my starting lineup in most leagues. But in my home league, I played Gabe Davis against Josh Allen. So I literally canceled him out Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was like a five-point difference or a 10-point difference of Josh Allen's monster day across like three quarters where he didn't even play in the fourth quarter because what Gabe Davis did just swatted that right out of the air to Kempe Mutombo style. So I was pretty proud of how, how that panned out for me, but no, it was a, it was finally a good scoring week. I, I think all in all, we finally got some points. I didn't look at the totals to see where we landed in the, in the over unders and let's, let's avoid the, the Thursday night debacle. So what are we going to say here? Get that out. Get that off my screen. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, only seven overs. So we're still falling under 50%. It seemed better. Well, by and large. Ones, but, I think it's every week. The big ones are way over. The big ones are like sixties, late, you know, approaching 70. And then the the bat. I think what it is is as I'm scrolling down this right, like the Bills put up 38, the Chargers put up 30, the Browns put up 28, the Vikings put up 29, Patriots put up 29, Seahawks put up 32, Saints put up 39, Jets put up 40, 49ers put up 37, then last night's game 29 and 30 respectively. So there was still a fair amount of probably team overs in all this, but then there were some bums that just didn't show up, you know, to to play. I mean, the Lions got shut out. The Jaguars scored six points. The Steelers scored three points. Then there was that Thursday night game that should never have happened. I mean, there's there's a fair amount of bad play as well. But by and large, I think most teams got you there, and most players got you there uh, at the end of the day. So, but a perfect time on. to segue into the people that didn't get us there, right? Those old <laughs> injury guys. All right? Yes. So I, I know you got a you probably got a list compiled on some. Loose leaf paper somewhere <laughs> <laughs> that uh, we could go through. So why don't you run us down? Yeah. So Damian Harris, uh, I believe hamstring. They don't. Nothing was said yet if he's going to miss significant time. Somebody said he might be, be be back next week, but I think he's out at least a week. Russell Wilson's got some torn lat muscles in his shoulder that is not going to get better at all this year. Even though he did one of those platelet rich plasma injections so good luck with that freer got a concussion 
kind of worth keeping an eye on. He had two a year ago and one in college, so he is up to four shaky brain injuries. Uh, Tyreek Hill came in with a quad, hurt his foot. Coach came out and said he should be fine, but but he got stepped on. Yeah, that's how he hurt his foot. He got stepped. I don't know. Could be anytime somebody's pain, right? But yeah, anytime you're in a boot, it's a little boots are bad. Concerning, right? Unless you're in Texas. So (laughs) (laughs) I like to wear cowboy boots. It's just not. I couldn't pull it off. You might have a narrow, long head. So just going to the boot and cowboy hat look, I would look like an absolute fool. <laughs> so I tried to pull that thing off. My head is not made for that. In my, then neither are my feet, apparently. Uh, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> had a phantom concussion. I, I'm assuming he'll be back. We'll see what happens with that. Do you see what they did? They added like elbow injury to it as well. Like, because he passed the concussion protocol, but he also had an elbow injury and is not thrown on nets. So, well, talking yeah, about the yeah, concussion thing back. a little more, you know what they've changed that why it screwed Bridgewater, right? So now there's a spotter. Mm-hmm. And even if you pass the concussion protocol on the sideline, if they watch the video and you do a little stumbly thing, you're out. It doesn't matter. They've, I, I, just in the games I watched, they, they pulled a lot of guys off the field, like like in live play. Like it wasn't even like the guy got pulled over and evaluated. No, it's like the play was going on. There's you're seeing a lot more. There's a heavy emphasis right now on anything. So you're gonna see these guys popping right the fuck up, right? You know, some guys like are sit down there for an extra minute or ten seconds waiting. You're gonna see guys pop it up. See, I'm, I go. I'm thinking the opposite. I'm thinking you lay down for an extra second and make sure you get your bearings before you pop up. Uh, uh. Well, listen, you lay down too long. You know, they're going to spot you for not getting up quick enough. It's a happy medium. There's no happy medium here. (laughs) It's overcorrection or undercorrection. It's all it is. T. Higgins Higgins had an ankle thing all week. Team says he's good to go off the injury report. I think he played 10 snaps in the first half, none in the second. And then the coach afterwards goes, hey, the ankle was bugging him. And these fucking lying scumbags and the fact that NFL doesn't police this when they're willing to, like, we're partners with DraftKings. Yes, fantasy football. Yay, gambling. You scumbag fucks need to police this shit because this costs people lots of money. Even I mean, even just game totals and over-unders and the side and all that shit and everything going on with fantasy and DFS. Push that aside. There's player props people are betting on directly on this guy. So if you're telling everyone no injury designation, he's totally fine, knowing he's injured and only playing him ten snaps in the whole game, you would be <clears throat> king of scumbags. I don't uh, I don't disagree with that. I think they said he aggravated it, which is why he was out. But also what I'm reading here on ESPN.com is he's still again only day to day. So that doesn't sound like something that should have made you miss the previous game if now you're only day to day. Mm-hmm. After it, uh, I'm just just still unclear here. But yes, for a fair amount of T Higgins sat in my lineup with a big old goose egg that mm-hmm. you know would have been nice. I mean, but you tell me if he's limited and still active, we're still starting him right in fantasy football. I mean, it depends what you've got as an option, though. Sure, you, have- you would have to have something pretty good to sit a T Higgins, you know, in a in a in a prime spot. They were supposed to just just gash the Ravens, but they did not. Not only because they didn't have T. Higgins, but seems as though the Ravens have adapted a little bit to just being a 
pass funnel defense, but I, I digress. It, it did suck. Uh, Nelson Aguilar had a hammy. Then, then uh, fantasy relevant player, Sean. Fantasy relevant. Unfortunately, he's mm-hmm. kind of been <sighs> now by weeks. Myers, baby. Well, <laughs> and now that he's back, that, that's the other thing. I mean, Myers came back after Myers missed a few weeks. Aguilar oh. popped while Myers was out. But uh, NFC side, your boy Rashad Penny. Bye bye. Season over. Uh, broken ankle. Kenneth Walker trending upward. Uh, Chris Olave, who <laughs> did you see him get knocked out? <laughs> I did not, but I heard it was. What well, was weird because they still called it a touchdown, and like he's <laughs> obviously unconscious with the ball. Well, because now I think the, the play is the play is dead. So better, didn't need better to. the play than him. Hi, oh uh, Mayfield, high ankle sprain. PJ Walker start. He said he's out for at least a couple of weeks. It's funny that coincides with Matt Rule getting canned, right? We're just fully turning the page of the Carolina Panthers season right yeah. now. Well, I, I saw it. Just a Darnold's going to start the back half of the year. He is. Baker's Who? done. Darnold. Who? Darnold. He is. It's going to be well, TJ Walker. I mean, He's going to just get right back into Darnold because why not? They're not. Baker's not. He's not going to be there next year. Zero percent. Darnold might not either. All three same time. Yeah, but and TJ Walker. Yeah, they're going to go back to give Darnold another shot at this. Hopefully, he can save DJ Moore's season. Stupid Baker Mayfield. <clears throat> done? Does he get on somewhere as a backup? Yes, he he'll get done? somewhere as a backup. Definitely. Oh, you know what? Well, we his, good personality is gonna, his personality is going to limit him. Do you know where, where I could see him going? I could Cleveland. see him being the backup in Arizona. Cleveland. 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 <laughs> Uh, yeah, behind He's Mary. Got the ties and, to uh, Kingsbury. Yeah. Anyway, uh, everyone that is a running back, speaking of the Cardinals, I mean, every Cardinals running back was hurt. Connor, Dar- Darrell Williams, Jonathan Ward, they all got banged up in that game. And it looks like Dalton Schultz re injured that same knee, and now he's probably going <laughs> to miss significant time. So, yep, watch uh, the Cardinals game. And Connor came down on the ball. So, I, at first, I just thought he got the wind knocked out of him. <laughs> So I thought he'd be back, but the way they were checking, like, you know, maybe a, a, they were saying it's a rib yes. injury, but he had already had like a chest injury or something like going in. So maybe he already had something going on and that just exaggerated. Darrell Williams came in right behind James Conner and proceeded to get hurt, I think, on the first <laughs> touch that he had afterwards. But a knee injury, and he was immediately rolled out. So it became Eno Benjamin or bust. Um, be interested to see what, what happens in the desert now because i mean who knows about connor and clearly daryl williams and jonathan ward seem a little more significant injuries as they were ruled out like right away so we'll talk about that in the waiver wired section but is there anyone else that got hurt as i'm scrolling around i don't know those are, i mean there's defensive pre- guys but those were the significant offensive injuries okay yeah you did a a fantastic job of detailing Fantasy relevant offensive players that are going to impact the waiver wire and these bye weeks and everything else coming up. I mean, it's at a less than ideal time and not to gloss over Rashad Penny, who was having yet another spectacular start to the season. He's just he's not he's not built to be a NFL running back, unfortunately. He has the ability and the talent, but his body is betraying him. And I will forever be a Rashad Penny supporter. So I, uh, it's, a, it's a rough day in the in the Walker household here. I didn't have him many places. 
unfortunately, but not because I wasn't a fan. Speaking of guys you don't have a lot of plays, I actually wanted to bring this up the last couple weeks. There are certain guys every year that you and I seem to be ahead of the curve on and have higher rank than other people that end up popping. For, for example, this year, I really liked uh, Damian Pierce, right? I have him on like one team, so I'm not sure where the desk disconnect is on draft day because I like these guys more than other people. I'm wondering I, why. I mean, the unfortunate of- so with like a Damian Pierce, who you were higher on than than <clears throat> I was, um, is that big draft ends up catching a lot of people up to this thing, and then he ends up in like an ideal spot with the Texans, and then pretty quickly in the preseason, he's anointed the starter. So his his arrow points up to where he was a late first round rookie pick by the time a lot of these rookie drafts happen, which is why I like drafting as soon as humanly possible. I mean, I, yeah. I want to draft like the day after the NFL draft yeah, to try and capture value on guys that I like over someone else. Cause the further you get out, the more, you know, the average dynasty manager gets clued in, you know, to, to these type of things. So, yeah, I I don't I have Pierce in precious little places. One place I had him, I actually traded away Christian McCaffrey for Pierce and two first round picks in a rebuild. And not a bad deal at all. Pierce is like putting up McCaffrey esque numbers yeah. right away. You know, so he still keeps me competitive when that's not actually what I was shooting for week in and week out. But I was able to pick up some firsts on on top of it and get out from you know a diminishing asset in McCaffrey, who will sustain for a little while, but. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate when a lot of guys that you like don't end up making it to you because yeah, it's you're, weird. You're just it's the luck of the draw if you're a competitive team. You're picking in the late first. I mean, and you 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 don't want to use a pick on a Rashad Penny or a Damian Pierce at that point in time in their subsequent years. You're certainly not getting them in the late second. You know, so unless you're manipulating around and trying to get into that early second round and trying to pull value. Yeah, there's a lot of guys that I liked that I have like no exposure to. Yeah, in dynasty. I, I, because I'm not going to reach ever for a guy. I just can't. I just can't do it. I mean, I'll see. I don't mind doing it, but I mean, nothing nuts. Like you said, if a guy's typical ADPs in the third, I'm not taking with my late first, but that late second, I'm playing with fire because anybody sure. else who also likes him is comfortable taking him at 208. Yeah. And we know that running backs ultimately always get pushed up. Right, because everyone's yeah. just searching for that next guy. Right, so anyone with a pulse is going to find their way into a top 15, 18 pick in typical uh, rookie drafts when they probably wouldn't have otherwise. So, tis what it is. But, you know, so unfortunately, injuries befell <laughs> a lot of us. What's your side note? No, that was my side note. Oh, was I was, was, I've yeah. been starting to look at my rosters, and I'm like, yeah. how the fuck don't I have 70% <laughs> Damian Pierce? Like, yeah, uh, that's for best. That's for best ball, apparently. Yeah, where you get those high exposures. I mean, I'm just scattershot across everywhere. I mean, I have one Garrett Wilson share, and it's because Garrett Wilson la- lasted to the eighth pick in my home league, where I was just like, I got to take him. I wanted Pickens. Pickens went nine. I was hoping eight took Garrett or seven took Garrett Wilson, so that my decision would be made. But I went with draft capital. I, I let that be the decision maker, even though I'm a bigger Pickens fan. But I do have a fair Pickens? amount of Pickens. But 
going back to rookie draft season, and, and I get there were some questions in Pittsburgh, but like, I still can't believe that guy was late first, early second, even late in the late in draft season. It would be nothing. Yeah, we can't can't rewind time. But if he didn't lose us, you know, if his if he didn't have that ACL and cost him most of his season, I'm curious as to what would and could have been for his draft stock. Like if he put up a alpha dog season in Georgia, rather than just miraculously find his way back on the field by the end of the year when I'm pretty sure he tore his ACL in spring camp, if mm-hmm. memory serves correct. I mean, just the fact that he played last year was impressive. But if he had a healthy season, I mean, he should be in the conversation. I mean, fuck, Jahan Dodson went in the mid-first yeah. off of one season of production at Penn State. <clears throat> now, I mean, you wouldn't be able to deny a 6-4 Pickens if he put up another strong season in a run-first offense in Georgia. He you should have been in the conversation with Drake London and Traylon Burks as the, the big alphas. Did you see him smoke that cornerback in the game? Yeah, it's it's, it's become, <laughs> I did. The irony is it's almost like weekly now. I mean, it's going to lose its oh. luster soon because he just – No, he just, it won't. He decletes, he decletes someone every week. <laughs> I my, mean, get, they, he might they, be they, my favorite. He's my favorite rookie for sure. He, oh, he's amazing. I mean, and he, he's a lunatic. Yeah, you're getting right into that backpedal. You're exposed, son. Like, if you're, <laughs> if you're, you're already off balance, man. If I just got to give you a little bit more, you're going to end up on your neck. And no, he's more often best. than not, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, dude, dude has got that dog in him. <laughs> he's a lunatic. That's for sure. He's he's uh, amazing. He's amazing. I'm gonna. I, I know I'm gonna regret drafting Gary Wilson over George Pickens. Yeah. I know it. I knew it. Doing it. I literally in my head. I'm like, I'm gonna. I'm getting George Pickens here. I'm gonna get George Pickens at 108. I'm gonna be happy. And then I was like, fuck, because someone went Rashad White, who I also yeah. love. Someone went running back and put went Rashad White at 107. Where I was like, there's no way. Gary Wilson's going to get drafted here. That's that's what you do. <laughs> I was like, shit. All right. Here we go. Down that rabbit hole once more. But now, off of all those tangents, on to week six. Like you said, the first bye week of the season. So before we get into anything and everything, just for anyone that doesn't have internet capabilities like John did <laughs> in a few minutes ago and knows who the bye weeks are, we have the Detroit Lions. The Las Vegas Raiders, the Houston Texans, and the Tennessee Titans. So there's some there's some running oh, yeah. backs involved there. I mean, it's not it's not quarterback heavy. It's a lot of guys people have been using. You know, people have been streaming Jared Goff, even though he laid an egg. Derek Carr's startable. Tannehill's startable. Davis Mills not startable. But these running backs, I mean, Swift had already been out, but Jamal Williams has been someone people have been starting. Josh Jacobs has been a revelation the last Crazy two weeks, goodness. looking like a monster. These last two weeks, Dan- the aforementioned Damian Pierce and then Derrick Henry as well. <clears throat> a few receivers, Amon Ross St. Brown, who probably could have used another week to get healthy as a limited snap guy. So he's going to get that week now to Raiders with, you know, the, the angry Devontae Adams. Texans, nobody. Titans, nobody. So and then a couple tight ends in there. So not not a not a death knell first bye week by any means. But those guys will not be playing this week. So let's get into some of our snaps target talk at this point in time. You have been leading out with your AFC. I think you typically go north. So east. why don't east? Okay, we're, we're we're east. So why don't you take us to the AFC East? Yeah, the pretty. pretty. You just froze. Start again. 
pretty light as far as anything, uh, you know, any any trends that we didn't talk about. You know, with Miami, the big thing here is going to be is it Bridgewater or is it Skylar Thompson? Thompson did not look that great in his start. <laughs> Teddy is not that great either. Uh, no word on Tua. I mean, I suppose there's a chance he plays, right? Or they already said he's out. They have not ruled him out yet that I saw, but I would be shocked if he played. They'll be, yeah, they'll play scared. So, uh, Mostert has completely taken over this backfield. Uh, Miles Gaskin even got on the field this week ahead of Chase Edmonds, but Mostert saw 69% snap share to Edmonds 15. That uh, has been trending bad for Edmonds, even though he was getting in the end zone prior to this. So I, I don't think Edmonds is startable until they start using him a little more. And Mostert is now startable week in and week out. Tyree Kill did get hurt in this game. Waddle uh, did outsnap him. Waddle just isn't seeing that massive target volume that he needs. And I don't think he's ever going to with Teddy or Thompson in at uh, quarterback. So tied to Tua. Kill, <laughs> that, yes. That tied. Mm-hmm. Connection, wink, wink. Uh, yeah, with with funny. if Hill does miss time, uh, Trent Sherfield was sixty six percent of snaps this week, which was more than Tyreek Hill. Cedric Wilson, though, I, I've been thinking about this. You know, we've said it with running backs, where the backup isn't necessarily the handcuff. I wonder if Tyreek Hill were to miss time, if Sherfield kind of keeps the role he had, and maybe they bump Cedric Wilson up. He did see twenty four percent snaps this week, which was. Uh, I believe his high on the season. So kind of something to watch, read their, read their practice reports this week, but Wilson sneaking into the setting starting lineup, especially with the buys hitting, like you said, not a ton of amazing wide receivers were missing this week, but he, he you know, if you're super desperate uh, moving to Buffalo, absolutely nothing new to report here. McKenzie and Crowder were both out of this one. Khalil Shakir saw 70% snap share. And he caught a touchdown too, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah. So that guy becomes playable. I mean, if you've been playing McKenzie in your, in your flex, Khalil Shakir could be in play if they're both out again this week. (laughs) Jets, similar to the trend we saw in Miami, Brees Hall has completely taken over this backfield. I mean, Carter's still involved, but they've definitely. Yes. A little vulture. Ridiculous. Brees Hall could have had four touchdowns yesterday. Could you imagine, and I've seen other teams do it all the time, could you imagine getting to a 70-yard play and obviously you're gassed, so you have to come off the field and you do all that work and somebody else? Listen, I would be outwardly sulking on the sideline. Give me the first crack at it. I mean, it's just, it's maddening to see. I mean, then he did it again later in the game, and Zach Wilson had a one-yard touchdown, I think, at one point. Wilson's got three rushing touchdowns and. Yeah, they finally let Brees Hall get one late in the game um, from like five yards out. But I mean, he could have even had a, uh, a he could have had the RB one overall day by That's a mile. Great. Yeah, and he could have had two hundred yards and three touchdowns. With last week, Corey Davis is uh, Zach Wilson's guy, and he uh, first time all year he's out snapped Elijah Moore. So keep an eye on Corey Davis trending upwards out of nowhere. And then kind of interesting at tight end, this was the first week CJ Uzoma out snapped Tyler Conklin too. So the Conklin emergence maybe could have been tied to Joe Flacco being in there. Not quite sure if it was scheme or what. So we'll, we'll see a couple more weeks with Wilson in there, how Conklin's usage 
shakes out because I, I I was liking what I saw, but new quarterback in there could have been a product of that. We'll see. And then in New England, Harris went down. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson saw it on a snaps. There's nobody else there that saw anything. So once Harris was out, it was all Stevenson the whole game. So I don't even know who the number two is. Uh, what's his name? Pierre Strong. It's he didn't, probably and he was and he was an actor. No, yeah. So no yeah. snaps. He might, tr- you know, keep an yeah. eye on that. You might have a running back worth plugging in there because it's been a 60-40 split, and I would assume that would stay pretty close to that. I don't know what he's going to do with forty percent touches in New England, but worth keeping an eye on. But yeah, not a not a ton going on there. All right, well, let's touch on a few things, Dale, just because I was I was Googling too as you were talking, and it's Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa has not progressed yet to a point where he can do football activity. Mike McDaniel said he's being evaluated every 12 to 24 hours. For now, he truly doesn't know who's starting a quarterback against the, the Vikings this Sunday. So Tua is – why they haven't put him on the short-term IR, honestly, after – You think he's missed four weeks? I mean, he's, this is already two. And he's not even doing football activity yet. So, yes, I think that's wow. probably a foregone conclusion that he's going to miss a couple more weeks. Um, I've already freely admitted that I was wrong about round Moundre Stevenson, and he looks like a fucking bell cow beast. If he gets the same workload that he just did against the Lions this past week against the Browns, he's going to be RB1 overall this week. 200 yards. And <laughs> just give me like five catches on the day. Yeah, I mean, he could be RB1 overall in this coming week. So scary, scary stuff. But from your east to my east, the NFC East with the lone undefeated team in the entire NFL, my 5 0 Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Uh, Miles Sanders' snap percentage the last three games is like that, uh, you know, that uh, Price is Right game where the guy's climbing up the mountain, the yodeler. I'm climbing. Whatever it is, 59, 67, 74 the last three weeks. His carries, 15, 27, 15. So he had that big spike, 27. It was weather affected against the Jaguars, which was his most productive game. But he's getting the touches. Boston Scott's also been inactive the last two weeks. So be seen what that ultimately means. He's still not getting any receptions because Jalen Hurts just doesn't throw it to the running back. So he's still a touchdown dependent running back, albeit, you know, in spite of the volume he's getting and Jalen Hurts is still stealing far too many touchdowns in, in the short yardage. So it's, it's a curious case of Miles Sanders. He's playing very well and he's on the field and he's seeing the touches, but he's not getting enough goal line work and he doesn't get any receiving work. So he's still just a touchdown dependent running back. Uh, A.J. Brown, lowest snap percentage of the season at 74% in last week's game. Dallas Goddard is running as a 90% snap tight end the last two weeks. He was injured in week three, but he's he's almost a, a, an every snap player for the Eagles, which is no, no news to anyone. He's a low end, yeah, mid tight end one at this point in time, just somehow still not being able to find the end zone with enough uh, proficiency to really skyrocket him up and challenge kind of the upper echelon of tight ends, which is where I think he yeah, ultimately belongs, just given his role in the athleticism. But I digress because Jalen Hurts still not throwing a ton of touchdown passes, you know, all things being equal. The Cowboys, who the Eagles will be playing on Sunday night football, interesting. We got a still 60-40 split, again, 65% Zeke, 42% Pollard on the game. Fantasy points per touch. Um I believe I ran this for the season so far, and it's at 
Tony Pollard's RB29 on the season. He's averaging one fantasy point per touch. Zeke is RB38 on the season. He is averaging 0.52 fantasy points per touch. So math. John, we were talking about math before we went live. Tony Pollard is twice, as good as, twice as good as Zeke is. Give him more work. Can we flip? Listen, if there's, <laughs> if there's a coach who is never going to use analytics. Well, Mike, Mike McCarthy. McCarthy is the one who said he like sat back and you know really reevaluated everything. And then he became you know more in tune with analytics. But clearly not. I mean, this should be a 50-50 split at worst with Zeke and Pollard. I mean, it's just the fact that they're still just slamming Zeke into the pile 60% of the time, you know, is – is maddening when you just see the explosiveness that Pollard brings. And I'm not saying Pollard should be a 20 carry guy. No, but he should see 10 carries in like four or five targets every single week. I mean, you're just, you're not maximizing the town on your team, but I don't want them to do that this week. So keep doing what you're doing. Just run Zeke into the middle and let Jordan <laughs> Davis just eat him for you know, Revisit this in week seven. Yeah. Eviscerate him. You mentioned Dalton Schultz getting injured. He was only an 18% snap guy, which led to like the Prender shot and uh, the other rookie guy getting a, a ton Ferguson. of work. Yeah, Jake Ferguson. Doesn't matter. All right. So keep an eye on Schultz. Um for the Giants. Goodness gracious. I mean this is I, I just I don't even know what to say anymore about the Giants. Saquon season low 69% of shit snaps due to his shoulder injury where he left, end up coming back and he still puts up almost 20 PPR points in a game where he sees his lowest snap total. I mean he is their entire offense. <laughs> Literally like soup to nuts. You know, save for a few random Daniel Jones rushing touchdowns. But if you had, I'm, go ahead. I'm entirely biased here, but Brita didn't look bad filling in. I, I, I mean, we'll talk about waivers, but Brita actually seemed to fit in that offense. I have to, yeah. Obviously, there's, there's better run blocking than pass blocking would be my assumption with these guys early on as they're trying to figure out this line. But Saquon's looked every bit the part of the 101. That yeah, he was three years ago um, thus far. So, you know, hopefully he can stay healthy. I don't, I, I, I'd never want to see any player get injured, especially not fantasy relevant ones. I don't have much Saquon in my life, but the NFL is better with the healthy Saquon Barkley in it. If your bingo card had Marcus Johnson logging the most snaps uh, <laughs> at, wider, at Giants wide receivers this week, congrats. You're a winner. 77% snap share for Marcus Johnson. Can I guess it's who's big- two? Do you have two in front of you? I don't have to in front of me, but I can. But it was. I can pull it up too. Go ahead. I bet it was David Sills. (laughs) I know he was reduced, but um, the biggest winner of the day was Darius Slayton, your boy from a few years ago. Turned seven targets into six catches for seventy-nine yards. Mm, Might be sitting on your waiver wire, even in dynasty leagues. Darius Slayton, and we know they hate Kadarius Tony. Sterling Shepard's done. Kadarius Tony's done. Or sorry, Kenny Galladay's done. You're you're really going to keep. Go into the well with Marcus Johnson, David Sills, and Richie James. I think Darius Slayton is going to end up being an every snap player out wide for them. Just saying. Moving down to those Washington Commanders. I'm not going to blame this all on Carson Wentz. I mean, everyone saw late in the game, he throws just a crippling interception <laughs> as they're in the red zone and the game is over. But I also saw a four play series where their left guard was just. Penalty, sack, penalty, sack. <laughs> it was like a four-play stretch for this guy. Um, what was it? it was Norwell where he just it just looked ugly. And then as far as the running back position is concerned, welcome to hell uh, because we got 32% snaps for Antonio Gibson, 41% snaps for J.D. McKissick, 29% snaps for Brian Robinson. It's it's going to get worse too. I mean, it's you're, we're going to see like 20 
30 percent snaps for all of them soon enough I mean, this was come from behind that's why mckissick let him he was on the field obviously sometimes with the other guys but gibson and brian robson are both not startable right the, now the Neither. worst part <laughs> is and especially for me and you being gibson guys he's, can they just he's, trade him to kansas city please he's because. going to get in the end zone periodically enough on his stupid limited touches that you're going to bench him he's going to have you know Seven carries for a touchdown. You go, fuck. Then you start him the next week, and he's going to get six carries yards. for 23 yards. You go, oh. And then no, you're not going to start him. Yeah, this I mean, is going to be tough. He's, he's going to be that guy where he's going to go. He's going to have to go off on your bench because he's not going to see the, the touches. Speaking of someone who did step into a starting role because of injury, John Dotson was out. So, of course, Diami Brown out of nowhere turns four targets into two catches for 105 yards and two touchdowns. Okay. I mean, it was obviously that week. I mean, we Gabe Davis, monster. Diami Brown, monster. Tyler Lockett, monster. Uh, Devontae Adams, monster. This was the big, long touchdown week, obviously. I'm probably leaving some guys out that somehow turned in bomb, you know, multiple bomb touchdowns. But that's a blip on the radar. Four targets just happen to connect on two deep balls. John Dodson comes back. He's the guy. I mean, he might be out again. I still won't go to Diami Brown. Uh, if John Dotson's out, this is just a hopefully you had him on your best ball roster type guy. But that is the NFC East. I'm watching the internet screen disappear. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if you ever speak ill of the internet again, I love I'm, you, internet. I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm not going to record that. Day. I'm just going to just politely decline. Come back. All right. Well, at least it was at the cutoff of the <laughs> NFC. So you can just dive right into the NFC West. Or whatever, or AFC, whatever, wherever you're going. So moving on to the AFC West, not a ton of info that we're recording Tuesday morning, so I don't have all the snaps here from Monday night. So just tackling those two teams real quick. Kansas City, McKinnon more productive than CEH, but, I, uh, you know, that could have been game dependent. Marcus Valdez-Scantling finally had a decent game, 90 yards on uh, six receptions with eight targets, led the team in yardage. Nicole Hardman was number two, so kind of interesting there. Could, again, you know, when they play the Raiders, weird things happen. is exhibited by Kelsey's crazy stat line with four touchdowns with no no yardage to go along with it. Uh, on, on the Raiders' side of thing, Renfro was back and healthy. Him and uh, Mac Hollins both saw four targets each. So, again, they're on the bye. It'll be interesting to see coming out of the bye how they use a healthy run for Mac Collins at the same time. So keep an eye on that. Moving on to the Chargers. Nothing to report at all. Usage was how it's been all season. Uh, Kelly did get in the end zone, but it's not like he's taking any work from Austin Eckler unless he keeps running for 70 yards and needs a breather. Uh, we'll see when they uh, are – finally have Keenan Allen healthy and have what their offense is supposed to look like, how things shake out. But right now it's the Mike Williams show and Palmer and Carter are getting used just enough to, to be annoying to leave them on your bench, but terrifying to have them in your starting lineup and Denver. We mentioned the Russell Wilson injury. Mike Boone finally played and had a pretty decent game. He was out snapped by Melvin Gordon, 46 to 51%, but Boone looked pretty effective. We'll see what they do with, Latavius Murray more acclimated to the offense and KJ Hamler back and healthy kind of emerged that wide receiver three. I've been talking a few weeks about getting somebody 
deep on this bench in case anything happened to uh, Sutton or Judy. But now with Hamler back and healthy, he's going to be the beneficiary there. I, Kendall Hinton was a guy that I kind of liked as a, a stash, but I think he's back on the practice squad. So nothing too interesting here in the AFC West. Pretty vanilla, not a lot of news. And like I said, the snaps for Monday night are not in yet for us. So that's all I got there. Pretty easy. Mike Boone, light years better than Melvin Gordon. Correct. <laughs> Absolute bullshit at, at this point. Just stop with the Melvin Gordon. Well, how are you going to feel with Boone competing with Gordon and, well, and a 42-year-old Latavius Murray? Let Murray take Gordon's gig because that's fine. Boone deserves more snaps. I mean, he was so yeah, productive in his snaps. I just don't want to – he just must be a complete asshole. Like, just like total dick in practice. Coaches hate him. Something going on because he deserved more touches. I mean, they, just a split in their methodology seemed wrong to me. And Melvin Gordon was – terrified of fumbling it was so painfully obvious that he was thinking about not fumbling over playing football in that game and i guess the only way you get someone over that is just give them all the work right even though he did fumble in the game again but his knee was down so somehow avoided that catastrophic blunder but he's not running he's running to not fumble It's, it's insane watching him like protecting the ball and being so aware of everything around them, not to be a running back, but to be a not fumbler. Uh, painful. And, you know, I'm a Mike Boone guy, so this is just <clears throat> frustrating to, to put it mildly. And, Kem- and KJ Hamler, the best play of the game was him slamming his helmet down on yeah. the final play where he was wide open <laughs> because Russell Wilson was locked in on Cortland Sutton uh, on that play. So it's uh, interesting what's going on in Denver and uh, behind the curtains, we will be recording Monday of next week because I have to travel on business. And so we won't be able to recap the Denver Chargers game where I can only imagine more madness will be so ensuing for those Denver Broncos. All right. So where'd you get? Do, they, you do went- they get to 21 points? No. <laughs> no. Oh, no. we were the so Broncos. wrong. There's, I know. I had them win the division. I, I mean, and I and I uh, on a side note, I did see somewhere is, is Pete Carroll like a quarterback whisperer? Like, did he? <laughs> it's all right now. Now, did he make Russell Wilson, or did Russell Wilson make him? Because now Geno Smith is playing Looks like great, a, a fucking world beater. So, uh, 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 yeah, I don't know. All right. <clears throat> so you went out west. I'm going out west, and we'll start with the Rams. Yeah, probably shouldn't, but they're <laughs> at the top of my list. So. Right, 57% of snaps for Henderson, 31% of snaps for Akers, and it doesn't matter because the Rams cannot run the damn ball. On the season, these two have combined for 85 carries for 289 yards and two touchdowns through five weeks. It's painful. It, it's not even like that they're splitting the baby. There's no baby. There's just, 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 just It's an empty bassinet. There's just nothing there. They're both totally useless. And it will literally take one of them going out for the other to have any value. And that's probably still like a high end flex. These guys are just, they're they're They can't run the ball right now. They brought Malcolm Brown back for goodness sake. Like that's how desperate this team is. They're like, well, let's give Malcolm Brown a shot because none of this shit is working. Cooper cup finally missed a snap his first of the season. And I would wager to say that Allen Robinson still was not targeted on that play. No Cooper cup at a prop. I'm going to, I'm going to say, 
the odds are that they still didn't throw it to Allen Robinson because he's dust, apparently. And yeah. Tyler Higby was clearly the late round tight end streamer that we should have been preaching from the rooftops, right? Is that they were losing Odell, they were bringing in an Allen Robinson. Of course, we didn't know about Van Jefferson, but gosh, I, we should have known, John. We, this is our this is our wheelhouse. This just made, made too much sense. There really wasn't another guy that Higby was the guy to target late round, um, and, and we should have seen it coming. On to those 49ers who should have been discussed first in, in this. Tevin Coleman played 28% of snaps. Um, now the backup. Likely the byproduct of blowout. I don't look and see when these snaps transpired, but 28% snap for him. He put up 21.7 PPR points in the week. He scored early. He scored a rushing and receiving touchdown in the game. Jeff Wilson still put up 20.2 PPR points on the week. Just just Shanahan run game. Didn't you tweet something about this? It should have been the it should have been the breakout. Yeah, it should have been. George Kittle is clearly on the field. He's played between eighty-eight and ninety-four percent of snaps since returning and seeing reasonable targets. He's getting five per game, but he's just not finding the end zone. And tight ends that don't find the end zone just aren't good. They're not special. So it's, it's unfortunate because he's the blocker that that they love and not the receiver, but they also don't throw it enough that he's ever going to be a high target guy, except in these rare shootouts um, that just don't come along that often for the 49ers. Next to Seahawks, you already mentioned Rashad Penny. Pour one out, broke a tibia, unfortunate. Enter Kenny Skywalker, 58% of snaps, one huge explosive run that uh, saw him, I think, post an RB1 finish. On the week, if I'm not mistaken, largely on the back of that one run. Wide receivers are what the wide receivers are. They're both awesome. Two-touchdown day for Lockett. Beautiful pass on that one from Geno Smith. I've been harping on these tight ends. Will Disley, 63% of snaps. Noah Fant, 60% of snaps. And Disley is the tight end 13 on the season. And Noah Fant is the tight end 21. I just – fuck. I – I was not so unfair. I thought this was just going to finally be his time, but no, it's it was Will Disley season. And last and certainly least, those Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray, if he had longer legs, you know, maybe it would have been a first down by the time he slid, but he's he's tiny, so he slid short of the first down and then didn't know it, spiked the ball and had to kick a field goal and he missed it. We'll take the win however we can get it. James Conner and Darrell Williams both left with injury, as you mentioned. So the only back healthy back left was Eno Benjamin. He played 54% of the snaps. It's clear they do not trust him as a bell cowish back as they pretty much stopped running the ball at, at that point in time. So he'll still see some work. If either of those guys can't go next week, we might see Keontae Ingram be active mm. because he's more the body type they like in their running back as opposed to kind of like their change of pace back, which more like an Eno Benjamin role. Rondell Moore played 91% of snaps and was highly involved as a pass catcher. Eight targets, seven for 68 receiving. Greg Dortch doesn't exist anymore. They're using Rondell Moore in a PPR. He might've been out there as he's been injured for most of the start of the season. He's getting the snaps. He's getting the targets. Production will follow. Is that everybody? That's it. Done with the West. I'm going to move to the North, AFC North. uh, Another easy one. I'll I'll go out of order here just to start with Cleveland. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing to report. And Joku uh, is the only tight end of note. Stud. Wide receiver. It's going Amari Cooper. It's going DPJ. 
David Bell has kind of uh, jumped Schwartz as their wide receiver three, but they're not seeing enough snaps to be relevant. And the running back, it's a two-headed monster with Chubb finally getting a ton of work and being the stud we all thought he could be. Moving down, Cincinnati, T. Higgins, question mark. That's all I wrote. I mean, when Higgins is out, Boyd sees a bigger snap share. <clears throat> Mike Thomas sees some more work, but it's all mixing in the backfield. Another team, there's not much to to note there. Moving to Baltimore, uh, we we were curious with the injury there to, to Justice Hill, who was going to be kind of the, the Dobbins backup, and it was Drake. Drake actually outsnapped yeah. Dobbins, but we, we thought he would be the guy, and he was. Um, at wide receiver with Bateman out, DuVernay took over that one spot. Uh, Demarcus Robertson, Robinson was the wide receiver, too. He had a 75% snap here. Hasn't done much with it this year, but he's he's their clear number three on that team. And moving to Pittsburgh, I saw a bunch of tweets, people trashing uh, Najee Harris. I didn't know why. I was looking around. I thought he got hurt. I didn't see anything. I was looking again before we started recording. Granted, the game got out of hand early, but Jalen Warren outsnapped Najee Harris 51 to 37%. Um, the snaps have remained the same with at, at wide receiver with uh, Deontay Johnson being the, the clear number one, uh, Claypool being the two, and, and Pickens number three. But Pickens is seeing his targets increase a little bit here. He's still not catching up to Johnson, who's clearly a target monster in that offense. But Pickens is being awfully productive on the the – targets he does get so snaps are staying level for him but production's going up and then we mentioned with Fairmouth getting hurt Gentry saw 64 percent of the tight end snaps I he's okay I don't know if he's going to be fantasy relevant I mean we mentioned streaming tight ends here Fairmouth is out for some time and they have a good matchup for tight ends <laughs> in the future I think you could possibly play Gentry but I wouldn't make him a waiver priority yeah, but first and foremost, Kenyon Drake wearing 17 confuses shit out of me. I, I thought it was like another receiver getting running back snaps. You know how to use Duvernay. All these bit. numbers like, are stupid. Enough, I was like, who is that? I'm like, old man thing. Doesn't even look like a running back wearing 17. <laughs> shit no, it's stupid. Um, but he looked good. Um, what he did. Quick trivia. Nick Chubb finally getting the usage, uh, as you indicated. What is Nick Chubb's season high for carries in a game? Oh. I bet it's not very high, but he's just been super productive. I'm going to go something, let's say 17. Wow. Well, you, that, that's actually his low, <laughs> which is ah. done twice. His high is 23. I thought you were trying to trick me. I, I was. I mean, 23, for fuck's sake. I mean, listen, Derek Henry's beat that like every single game. But yeah, yes, 17, 19, 23, 17, 22. So 23 was his high on the season against Pittsburgh, who you, you were just discussing, but hasn't seen the util, hasn't seen like the big, 30 carry game yet, but he's RB2 in PPR right now on the strength of seven rushing touchdowns. He has nine targets on the season to Austin Eckler, who's RB1 now. It's 33 targets (laughs) on the season in PPR. So just goes to show you what what PPR does uh, to fantasy and all the people who are worried about Austin Eckler a few weeks ago. Yeah, all is right in the world, right? He's now big plays, tons of targets. So touchdowns are flowing. Everyone's loving Austin Eckler at this point in time. But yeah, there's a... Najee Harris thing, I was listening to for some other podcasts, and I think Dwayne McFarland said that most of uh, Jalen Warren's uh, snaps were in the fourth quarter is what yeah. skewed that so heavily in that epic blowout. So why why leave Najee in? And it's only because we want the fantasy points, right? Even in the blowouts. Dump off, dump off, all this type of shit. Well, yeah, Pittsburgh stinks, though. 
their offensive line's dog shit. So you know, I don't know what you guys are expecting. But from your north to my north, the NFC North, and we're going to start with the Vikings. 57% Cook, 43% Madison, but Cook saw all the meaningful goal line work. One-yard TD and five-yard TD rushes. Kirk Cousins saw a one-yard TD rush on a, on a Q-back sneak late in the game. Cook could add a huge three-touchdown game. And I also noted that Adam Thielen continues to stand in the way of production. He has played on 97% yeah. of snaps on the year, and he's wide receiver 34 in PPR. I, he's probably like a better real-life player than fantasy at this point. Like I'm sure he does a lot of things you want him to do, but he's just done. I mean, it's Justin Jefferson and no one else, and he's just – I mean, I just want more Osborne, and I know that he probably Osborne's probably up there as far as snaps are concerned. But Thielen's just an, an empty, an empty suit at this point in time. Just Here, here's a question: it, Are the Vikings good? I think they are. Yes, good. Good, good's a fair term. Are, are, do you think they? I picked on the winning division. Do you think they're a playoff team? I picked on the winning division. Well, I know, but things have changed. That's a playoff team. <laughs> You still you maintain that. Do you think they can win a playoff game? No. Okay. Because that would be that would be like high profile Kirk Cousins, right? They looked. The Bears are arguably a bottom five, bottom three, potentially bottom one team in the NFL. Bears the Bears two. hung in that game. Minnesota looked awful. I saw quite a bit of that one. The Vikings stink. Because the Bears stink. And if they couldn't just smash <laughs> the Bears, then they, by default, stink. All right. The Vikings currently 4-1. and one. Their only loss to the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles on the season. So let's, let's try to maintain a little bit of perspective. It's an any given Sunday. Division games are always a little different. You know, not that they shouldn't have spanked the Bears, but they won. I mean, they, they won the football game, John. So let's let's take it easy on Kirk Cousins. He's a little, he's a little emotionally fragile. You know, but that's the Vikings. On to the Packers, who lost to the Giants over in London. Gross. Just yuck. Aaron Jones saw 73% of the snaps to A.J. Dillon's 32. It was the biggest gap in snap share through uh, the first five weeks of the season. It's because they were chasing points. 15 touches for Jones, six for Dillon. Dillon laid an absolute egg where a lot of people thought both of them were going off. Yeah. In this game, Dillon let everyone down. And who was the wide receiver? Randall Cobb only played 63% of snaps, but he saw 48% of the wide receiver targets. 13 of 27 targets that went to the wide receiver went to Randall Cobb. There was a note that something about Aaron Rodgers referenced Cobb before the game saying, like, he's looked as good as he had in practice, you know, and he, he needs to false. He needs to, <laughs> he needs to look, you know, look his way a little bit more often or something like that. Well, fuck, if he didn't look his way a lot more often. And Cobb had the big game that helped no one. Um, and then there's really nothing else. Including I mean, the Packers. <laughs> didn't help the Packers. Yeah, yeah. Didn't help, didn't help anyone. Um, moving on to those Bears that you mentioned. Um, did you see the David Montgomery where they added an O to his name on his jersey? He had to wear Do you know what's o. funny? It's I, I didn't know that that happened. <laughs> when he was playing, I saw him running around, and I was like, why does this – I didn't read it at all, but I was like, is that David Montgomery? And I said to myself, said – Seems to be a lot of letters on the back. <laughs> like in my mind, it said Edwards Hilaire. I was like, why are there so many letters? And it's it's funny you said that. I had no clue that it was. They added wrong. an L to his name. Um, just goes to show you what the oh. Bears think of him. Yeah. But uh, step right back in the lead role. 70 30 split. 
put up 18.2 PPR points. Didn't do it. Uh, he was terrible on the ground. Better through the air and had a rushing touchdown. I mean, so he compiled a, a decent day, although just Khalil Herbert's the better running back. I'm just not going to – I'm not going to leave this hill. Um, but apparently, Montgomery's healthy. It's still his backfield. Darnell Mooney played 94% of snaps. Cole Komet played 90% of snaps, and they combined for six catches for 97 yards uh, on a day where I think it was the first week that Justin Fields threw for over 200 yards in a week this season. What did that actually mean for Justin Fields? The 208 yards represent more yards passing than he combined for in either weeks one and two or weeks two and three combined. So we are seeing progression, I guess, in this Bears offense, and they're letting Fields throw the ball a little bit more. So maybe by the fantasy playoffs, Darnell Mooney will be startable. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. But the Bears, two and three, still setting offense back. Last, certainly not least, not a lot to take away from this Lions drubbing at the hands of the Patriots where they waved a flag pretty early. Craig Reynolds was the leader in backfield snaps, played 40%, 47% in the blowout. Jamal Williams finally let people down that were starting him in lieu of DeAndre Swift. Amon Ross St. Brown only played 32% of snaps, but still saw six targets. Didn't egg you if you started him. In the week back, even though he was only on the field a third at a time. Meanwhile, TJ Hawkinson, fresh off of a massive tight end one performance the week prior, plays 85% of snaps, sees four targets, does fucking nothing. So it was a forgettable game for the Detroit Lions heading into the bye week. It seems very patriot right? Like, <laughs> I knew it. I, think I, be- I knew it. You go outside, it just looked like this was the game that the Lions should have just does not travel to Foxborough for like, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, you just think like Belichick versus Goff, <laughs> Dan Campbell <laughs> versus Goff. You go checkers versus ah, chess. Yeah, yeah. This, is a good, this is a good spot for, yeah, this is a good game. And yeah. boy, was it shut out the team that was averaging the most points scored in the NFL going into that week. And, and not, a, I don't think anybody was like, I can't believe it. No, no, <laughs> At no. least. Yeah. What a, what an unshocker. Zero surprise. Uh, Moving down south, AFC South, Houston, all Damian Pierce out of that backfield. Somebody named Troy Hairston saw a 38% snap share. Don't oh, yeah. Know, don't know <laughs> anything about him. going to do some Googling after we wrap up here. Uh, Chris Moore was out of the game. Not that he's fantasy relevant. I mean, the, the top two there receivers, it's Cooks and Nico Collins. But with Chris Moore out, Tyler Johnson saw a 43% snap share. If you've been one of those people holding a candle for Tyler Johnson for a couple of years, might be trending upwards. Not that this offense is good, but if you're a, a fan of his, things are going your way. OJ Howard, 79% at tight end. And Mason Shrek, 41%, who seems to have leapfrogged uh, our boy Jordan Akins there at tight end. Moving down to Indianapolis. Uh, Naheem Hines got hurt early in that game. So Deion Jackson, who we kind of liked a bit coming in, saw a 58% snap share. And Lindsay saw a 38%. So if that continues, I mean, Hines and uh, Jonathan Taylor should both be back. So they're both on the back burner. But we're worth a stash, especially if you're looking for a handcuff to that indie running game. Moving to Tennessee, Traylon Burks trending up until dun, 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 gets hurt, goes on the IR. Uh, Robert Woods, clear wide receiver uh, one production-wise. He had 84% snap share. But Nick Westbrook Ikinhe actually had 92% snap share, out-snapped him even though he didn't outproduce Woods. 
Westbrook Ikinhe, if he's available, might be worth stashing because this team stinks. And even though they like to run the ball first, they're going to have to pass the ball from time to time. Uh, Jeff Swaim, we have mentioned this, greater than Austin Hooper. But Chig Okonkwo, a guy we both kind of liked, he, he's trending upward and had a could have had a touchdown in this game, except he fell out of bounds uh, like a dope. Instead of getting <laughs> his feet down, he put his hand down. But he's looked good. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see him kind of emerge as the season go- goes on. If he's out there on waivers, I, I would definitely grab him and stash, especially if we got a taxi spot for him. And Jacksonville Jaguars, Travis Etienne, uh, finally saw his highest percentage of snaps, 53%. Not coincidentally, James Robbins saw his lowest at 40% on the year. I think they're both going to be fantasy relevant as the year goes on. I don't, I don't see a world where Robinson runs away with it and ATN fades away or vice versa. ATN kind of emerges and then Robinson gets pushed to the wayside. They're both going to probably going to be in that 60, 40, 50, 50 split. But as long as Jacksonville is decent on offense, they could both be productive for fantasy, but that is it for the South. Troy Harrison, you said played a ton of snaps for the Texans. Didn't log a, a stat no, in the correct. game. So, so, so I'm not, I will do no more searching for Troy Harrison, uh, based upon that. Travis Etienne is amazing, and no disrespect to James Robinson, to Travis Etienne's the, the fucking dude. Um, I'm sorry. He is 10 for 71 rushing. James Robinson, 10 for 27 rushing. Okay, you know, you, you don't like that, so we'll go to Etienne's 4 for 43 passing as opposed to James Robinson's 2 for 12. It's just you want explosion in your offense, and James Robinson's a good running back. Travis Etienne is just a special running back, and you need to scheme – him into your game script. Like that doesn't mean James Robinson shouldn't see 10 to 15 touches in a week. No, they're going to be at the end to be the the primary. He needs to be the guy that you game plan around. And then James Robinson fills in the gaps. They're going to do one of those thunder, thunder lightning schemes. I suspect get better, Doug, you know, I'm supporting (laughs) you over here and you've, you've done nothing but disappoint the last two weeks. And you couldn't even really put it on the Texans. And you were talking about Nick Westbrook, Akine. Well, they're on by this week. So don't think he's going to help you. In the coming week, but that's ugly. And those tight ends, I looked at their stat line. I mean, the Hooper had one for seven, Schwaim had one target, and Oconco had one target. So in the game, they didn't need to throw much. Only 25 pass attempts from uh, Tannehill. Barely any, you know, to the tight end position. And we you, thought you that was an area to target for cheap. Yeah. And it should have been, but apparently not. You, you mentioned the, the bye week, just a, a strategy thing going forward. A lot of if you have the room on your benches, this is a good time to target guys that you've been trying to get on some of these teams on the bye weeks. I mean, Westbrook Kinney, when people are hitting the waiver wire this week, it's typically to help them this week. So when they see he's on the bye, he no one's probably gonna put an offer in. I mean, you could put these one dollar, two dollar, zero dollar offers and probably get these guys if there's somebody you like moving forward. Yeah, don't disagree with that. Um, and you mentioned the Texans too. I mean, is the wide receiver position is just a dredge right now. I mean, Brandon Cooks has been an absolute disappointment this year. I'm a Nico Collins guy, but it's just still not good enough in a team that you thought was going to have to throw the ball more to be competitive. They're just well, yeah. another guy. I mean, staying in division, Kyle Phillips had that big week one. You go, oh, this guy's emerging as the slot for Tennessee. Then he gets banged up and disappears. And you think this week with Burks kind of out, and he, I mean, he had. He's on the field, but didn't do much. You go, well, if he ain't going to do it now, when is this guy ever going to do it? Yeah, so I'll hold two targets 
on on the game. Yeah. So yeah, it's a uh, it's not pretty down in that old AFC South, John. So I feel for you. But we'll go to the NFC South now. Put a bow on things. The Buccaneers. It's another week for a 60-40 backfield split. We're starting to see more and more Rashad White working his way into this backfield. But didn't matter. Lenny put up a big fat nice. 5.9 PPR points on the strength of a ton of receptions in the game. Finally got into the end zone. Chris Godwin only played 52% of snaps in week five. I watch his game, and he just doesn't look 100%. It looks like he's picking himself up off the ground after every <laughs> It's just and he just looks uncomfortable. He just doesn't look happy. Like it's just too much walking off the field after like a routine tackle. And they've already come out and said it wasn't injury related. This is intentional that they're subbing guys in and out and trying to kind of work him back in. Well, he played 80 some percent of snaps the week prior. So I'm not exactly buying that bullshit (laughs) from, uh, what's his name? Drawing a blank. Oh, who's the head coach? I see Tobbles. Um, <laughs> I would say, it's one of the, it's funny how you can say it until someone asks you to say it. Yeah. In my head, I'm like, I can see his face, but it just, I see a liar when he says that there's, there's nothing wrong with Godwin and totally understandable. Someone who benefited from injury Cam Brate was out. Cade Otten, who we were screaming about, right? In these rookie drafts and everything of like, go get this guy. He was like, Going to be the succession plan there. Played 94% of snaps and was tight end 12 in PPR this week. Really? What did he – I didn't know. It, it was like a – I'm glad you brought this up. I didn't look – like He didn't score and it wasn't like massive. He was targeted early in the game. Interesting. So he, he saw like seven targets on the week. And he was like on one of like a big third down conversion. Brady went to Otten who converted <laughs> on it. The kid just looks good in, in, for me watching this game. So optimistic about – what Kadon could be in the future to the Carolina Panthers, Matt rule out. Oh, wow. 11 and 27 kick rocks. David Tepper said enough is enough. I tremendously overpaid you. And I'm just, it's a sunk cost at this point in time. We're moving on. They brought in um, Sam or uh, Wilkes, uh, Steve Wilkes, Steve Wilkes, who just looks like a coach. It's not going to get anything done. Sorry, he just looks like a guy that's not gonna he's not gonna pick up the pieces and, and move forward with this team. He's just he's a placeholder for the rest of the year. And uh that is what it is. So a lot I think of this, he's the opposite. I think he's actively a bad coach. What I actively. what I saw from him in Arizona, yeah. 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 I mean, so all this is subject to change, but Christian McCaffrey continues to be a bell cow, 23.4 PPR points, just Death taxes and 100 yards or a touchdown for Christian McCaffrey in every game he starts or finishes. And your boy, Terrace Marshall, played a season high 26 snaps, 38%, and put up a four for 30 stat line, John. Yeah, it coincided with two games missed for LaVisca Chenault. You're on mute, so no one can hear you talking nicely about Terrace Marshall. Started to cut him, so it's of course he's going to pop. But like, who knows? Maybe, you know, changing culture. Also, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, high ankle, going to miss multiple weeks. PJ Walker. Probably going to tank this entire offense, but I mean, could it really be worse than what Baker Mayfield was doing? I say no. no. I say no. Yeah. No. On to the Saints. This was this 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 was my favorite of the week because I played against Alvin Kamara in my home league. Seventy three percent of snaps and had a monster day. Put up twenty five point four PPR points without a touchdown. Why you asked? Did he not put up a touchdown? Because well, Taysom Hill scored all of them. Taysom Hill played thirty percent of snaps as a tight end put up 29.2 PPR points 
somehow tight end two on the week because Travis Kelsey decided to score four touchdowns on Monday night football. What did Taysom Hill not do on Sunday? Play tight end. He did not record a target. (laughs) No targets. No targets. He ran for two touchdowns and he threw a touchdown to a tight end. Adam Troutman, I'm pretty sure, in the game. So your tight end two on the week did not play tight end on the week. So there's that. What do you do with him? I mean, like, let's say you ran ESPN Fantasy or Yahoo or MFL or whatever. Athlete. Give him the old athlete. Play him wherever you want because that's what the Saints do. (laughs) Like, shit. It's tough because there he's designated as a tight end. What about you designate him as a flex? He can only be in your flex. Yeah, I mean, listen, I started him in one league at tight end, and it's not because I, th- I foreshadowed any of this. Uh, I lost Austin Knox, and it's a league where I just my other options weren't anything significant. I'm also not trying to win in that league at present, but I won handily, largely on the strength of Taysom Hill and his massive week. But... <clears throat> I don't think there is a right answer for, for Taysom Hill. Honestly, I mean, this guy's just a, he's, he's a unicorn. And next week he will thoroughly disappoint. Some people are going to go chasing oh, yeah. this rainbow and start him at tight end, and he will give you two points in the PPR league. I mean, it's just, just perfect storm for, for Taysom Hill this week. And he did enough to keep Kamara from putting me down. So more power to him. Mike Thomas was out again. Olave left, like you said, with the concussion. So the snap leaders were Marquez Callaway and Taquan Smith, and it didn't matter because Andy Dalton barely threw the ball. It was Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara, entire offense. Last, and I just don't understand it, Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> week one without Cordero Patterson, 59% of snaps for Algier, 26% of snaps for Avery Williams, who got the touchdown, and 24% of snaps for Caleb Huntley. They all looked fine. Um, it's just RBBC here right now right and it's whoever gets a touchdown is going to be the leading scorer on the week in a week without kyle pitts drake london saw his lowest snap percentage of the season <laughs> i love it i just don't get it i just i'm just at a total loss i feel like london might have missed some snaps because he got hurt i feel like watching the game because i watched the atlanta bucks game as i was saying watching the bucks and chris godwin i think something happened maybe to london's hand or something like that that maybe he missed some snaps due to injury but for fuck's sake i mean without pitts in the game, like you still can't find a way to get more London in your life. I mean, I think Zacchaeus was their leading scorer yeah. on the week because, of course, he was right I in, just a game him in a league. Yeah, it was not out of hand, but that is your Falcons, that is your South, and that is our recap, John. All right, let's move on quick to uh, our waiver wire stuff. Anywhere you want to start, sure. I'm just go right off the top rope. All right. My boy, Jarek McKinnon, 10% owned. Sure. Recency bias. Sure. CEH bias. Sure. Call it whatever you want. When Jarek McKinnon gets opportunity in the Chiefs offense, he produces. He produces better to my eyes than CEH does. So I'm saying if you have the space on your wire, go and get you a Jarek McKinnon. They got behind earlier. They were down, I think it was 17 nothing in the game. So that dictates utilization but a lot of what ceh's production has been has been as a receiver so you would think that this would still kind of carry over and it didn't mckinnon just outplayed him in a week where they were chasing points against the raiders i don't like the scant utilization for 
CEH, I mean, I think he's had double-digit carries once this season. It was against the Buccaneers when they got up early on them. He's been like an 8-10 to 10 rush guy. I think he's been getting by on touchdown production. I'm just a McKinnon believer, and I think there's a world where if CEH gets hurt or shit continues to go in the opposite direction, that you could see CEH production from Jerick McKinnon. Yeah, I don't disagree. I can keep going if you want. Oh, I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, we mentioned a little bit earlier, and, and I've kind of been targeting backups to the guys. So I, I mentioned Matt Breda earlier, who I, I thought, you know, hasn't been on the field at all, and, and Barkley missed one series, and Breda was out there and was involved. They acted like <laughs> Barkley was still out there. They didn't really change the play calling. And he looked okay. I mean, he's a little undersized. He does get hurt, but he, he's – good enough to put up decent numbers if he ever were to get some uh, time on the field and just staying with the Giants. We mentioned Slayton finally emerging. I mean, that wide receiver room is just destroyed with injuries, assholes, and underproduction. So the only guy left that doesn't meet any of those categories is Slayton. So I I can see him emerging as their top receiver. Daniel Jones and him were drafted in the same year. They have chemistry. They've played well together in the past. When you actually sit back and look at the big picture, there's no reason why he couldn't be their best wide receiver down the stretch. He's worth a grab. Um, and Hayden Hurst, finally healthy. A lot of it with T. Higgins gone, but we've seen Uzoma be healthy in that uh, Bengals offense before. Hurst could be could be a tight end option. It's hard to trust him week to week, but best ball, I really like him. But if you're in a pinch, you know, like you said, where you're plugging Taysom Hill and Hayden Hurst is playable. Imagine a world where Dave Gettleman doesn't throw the bag at Kenny Galladay and they just use Darius Slayton as their starting wide receiver for the last two years. I mean, I don't think the guy's a world beater, but fuck. He's fine. Just He's fine. Value. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, he had production early. I'm willing to take the risk on him and Daniel Jones recreating some of that magic because there's nothing else coming. I mean, even if Kadarius Tony plays again, which seems debatable at this point, they don't play the same position. I mean, just there would be no impact on Darius Slayton if when Kadarius Tony comes back, if when Mondell Robinson comes back, neither of those guys do what he does. So yeah, he's he's still insulated from what could come back on the team because Kenny Galladay is never going to threaten him, and there's no one else. Here's a fun thought exercise that you started here. Okay, so Gettleman doesn't throw that money at Galladay. I believe the second best offer was from Cincinnati. So Cincinnati ends up signing Galladay. They probably don't draft Jamar Chase at six or whatever it was, and they probably take one of the offensive linemen. Where does Jamar Chase go? The Bengals obviously <laughs> don't go to the Super Bowl. That that Gettleman signing oh, shook up butterfly the whole football effect. landscape. The butterfly effect. Yeah. Whoa. Look at look at that. Um, all right. So maybe it was good to get him and sign Teddy Gaudet <laughs> after all. Because uh, <laughs> as an Eagles fan, I want the worst for the Giants. Um, you mentioned Joshua Kelly earlier when you were talking about the Chargers and saying, you know, not worth it. I mean, talk about handcuffs. I mean, Josh Kelly is clearly the next guy. He looked great on Sunday. Uh, I mean, it's recency bias, but he saw his most work of the year was productive as a runner and as a receiver. And you don't want to wish injury upon anyone, but you know the utilization that the running back gets in the Chargers offense. I think Josh Kelly is a guy that I'm going to be spec adding on third year. Liked him coming out. He disappointed his first two years. It seemed like he couldn't acclimate to the NFL, but maybe the lights went on in year three for him. Eckler said he wants a running mate to take some of the load off him. 
might just be Josh Kelly. Wanted to be Isaiah Spiller, but that's not looking good early on for Mr. Spiller. So Josh Kelly, 1% in Yahoo Leagues. DJ Dallas, they're running out of bodies in Seattle. And it's now Kenny Walker and DJ Dallas. They find ways to use Dallas in random situations. He's a 1% on guy as well. He's now just an injury away. From like Travis Homer a little more. Travis Homer's on IR. When did that happen? Last week. Oh, Jesus. It is DJ (laughs) Dallas season. Oh, it is DJ Dallas. Because I I cut him everywhere again. These are all. That's how it works. I hope everyone appreciates it. Yeah, John's just good good tidings. Um, Terrace Marshall I mentioned earlier, he's a 0% guy. I mean, this isn't like deep, deep leagues, but he's going to get opportunity. They have to be in a see what we have mode now and it's not shy smith it's not i don't think robbie anderson is not the long-term solution for them either they know what dj moore is get terrace marshall on the field get lavisca chanel when he comes back a dj moore terrace marshall lavisca chanel offense scares me more than a shy smith robbie anderson <laughs> and dj moore offense so get the young guys out there and see what they can do i think keep an eye on terrace marshall i'm not saying adam now and then the last two guys we mentioned DJ Dallas on the front with Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to end it with two Seattle Seahawks. Geno Smith, 36% owned. Geno Smith is a starting quarterback Crazy. in one quarterback leagues. I mean, it's just, it's insane. This is where we're at. And the Seahawks, they play home against the Cardinals. Yes, Geno Smith is startable again this week against a very burnable Cardinals secondary. And lastly, I mentioned Will Disley earlier, who's a fringe tight end one on the season. He is only 18% owned every touchdown. Every tight end is touchdown or bust. Well, Will Disley's finding his way into touchdowns. So I'm telling you to go get Seattle Seahawks, especially in advance of the Cardinals game. I think Will Disley is going to put up a tight end one performance this next week. And he might be your he might be the guy you stream until the Seattle bye weeks come up. If I'm not mistaken, Arizona is <laughs> one of the worst his tight end defenders in the league. Yeah, I think they're like historically, like they're just bad. Yeah. Never the Giants just somehow not good at defending the position. And I could pro they, yeah, got it. Just got them. I can tell you yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The week before they played against Carolina, who doesn't have anyone worth a shit and tremble got them for three for 34 uh-huh. on the game. That's, that's pretty telling for them. The week before the Rams, I'm going to assume that Higby had a good game because he's had one every year. Higby four for 61. Only on four targets, though. So that's uh, – you, you'll take that as well. And then before that, uh, pivot – come on, don't do this to me. Raiders, uh, I don't know about that one because Darren Waller hasn't done shit this year. Uh, five for 60 and – or sorry, six for 50 and a touchdown. So, yep. yes. And then in week one – oh, yeah, they played the Chiefs. I know that Kelsey got them <laughs> right the old cool out. Eight for 121 and a touchdown. So, yes, the week – Week was a Tommy Tremble three for 34. Will Disley, baby, fire him up. DFS even. Go get him. And that's all I have. I also thought put Keontae Ingram on here, but that's only if like a James Conner goes on the IR or something like that, because I don't think they're going to trust Eno Benjamin as kind of the primary running back. And I did like Keontae Ingram before he got forced out of Texas to go to USC because of one B. John Robinson. Yeah, uh, the only other names here, uh, Raheem Mostert, obviously uh, emerging in Miami. He's not heavily owned. And I don't know what Rashad's white ownership is in redraft. Obviously, Dynasty, he's long gone. But worth worth a speculative ad as his, uh, get, he's getting a little more work there in Tampa Bay. 
Let's see. Everybody oh, PJ Walker that we mentioned. If you need a quarterback, PJ Walker's starting for a couple weeks. I know a league I'm in. Week week seven, Jalen Hurts, uh, Josh Allen, both on the bye. You could do worse than plugging in PJ Walker if you need someone in a super flex spot. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's it for hard, too. hard to do worse than that. But you're right. I mean, anything's possible. He's got the he, upside, though. I mean, he he does. I mean. The team doesn't have an upside. <laughs> listen, I like some of the talent the team has. You have a DJ Moore, you have a Christian McCaffrey, and then those ancillary receivers. Like it's not the worst core in the world. They're going to be behind every single week. So I, I, I guess, yeah, you could promote him. And they're at Rams versus Buccaneers the next two weeks. They're going to get slaughtered. So there's going to be a lot of opportunity for PJ Walker yeah. to show what he could do. Um, I, I put it I put a bid in for him in a league where I'm just I've been Trey Lance and Mac Jones and Deshaun Watson into like no starting quarterbacks in a super flex league. I said no good. So yeah, PJ Walker might sniff a starting lineup in my league. Well, that should do it. Hopefully some of these guys pan out. I'll put this post it with the rest of them. See <laughs> see how our picks go. Um and where then, were we the week before, John? Do you usually tell us we said Mostert. Who, who popped. We said Corey Davis had a nice week. O.J. Howard has taken over the tight end one spot. We said Rashad White a week ago. He finally had a good game. Uh, circled names, Mike Boone, Deion Jackson, Tyler Algier. Two two out of three ain't bad on that one. Um, Skyler Thompson, mm. who ended up playing. So who, where did Dolphins play, who did Dolphins play this week? Uh, Vikings. So... At home, yeah, we've we've been pretty. Another Skylar Thompson start out of it. Pretty good being a week ahead of these waivers. We put a ton, had a ton of guys this week, so we'll see who pans out. But but keep that should do ourselves. it for us. You got anything else? Nope. Just keep challenging yeah. ourselves. Huh? Just keep challenging ourselves. There you go. So let's get ready for week six here. Buys are upon us. Hopefully, you got some depth. <clears> but that should do it for us. I'm John Barry, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker. Brought to you by Expand the Box Score. We are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. This was everyone talking about Brandon Staley. Yeah. He's the most big analytics guy. (laughs) He's a big analytics guy, you know? You sound like Bill Bear when you do that. I like it. And everybody, t- everybody wants. Until he came along, everybody said, you know, well, if you follow the numbers, they should be punting here or kicking or go forward here. And now you see a guy who goes by the analytics and he looks like an asshole. I'm going to say, I mean, it sounds like the analytics always say never punt and always go for two. I mean, that's that's what I get from from, from analytics. Well, you know, what I don't get either. Like, a <laughs> it seems lot of like that's teams- always the case. <clears throat> If you're down 14, right? Like that's been a thing I've seen a couple times this year. You're down 14. You go for two. You get the first touchdown, you go for two. Then if you don't get it, you go for two again to play for the tie. Exactly. You get two chances here. But if you get it, now you get to kick the field goal to win or get kicked the extra point to win. So it's. But you still got to get get the two. You don't don't have to get one of the two. So you're saying 50% chance. I, what's the what's the hit rate on what the, conversion? What do the analytics say? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I got I I get the methodology there because two. you can't lose the game by not getting that two point conversion, but you can win the game. Two point conversion rate. Well, listen. To- between 40 and 55%. That, that's, so, there you go. So that's all you need. One no, out of two. it's less than it's Come on. It's less less than 55, so it's roughly 50%. 40 to 55. It's probably like 47. Okay. There so you your go. odds are it's a, a coin flip. A hundred times you're going to lose. So Didn't the Raiders try and go for two? I feel like that happened last night. I read that in the box score. Uh, wow, they they both failed. The, the the Chiefs tried to go for two in the fourth quarter when they were up thirty to twenty three, and it was incomplete. And then when it was hmm? what? Whoa! The Raiders could have tied the game by kicking an extra point, and they went for two last and, night. Yeah, and I saw the failed. score. I thought something looked funny. Was that really yeah. what happened? Yeah, the, at 4.27, left in the game, Derek Carr passed deep right to Devontae Adams for 48 yards, touchdown, two-point conversion attempt, Josh Jacobs rushes up the middle, attempt fails, score 30-29. to 29. They could have tied the game. They went for two. Oh, and, I got it. Okay. And they went for two with four and a half minutes left. It's not like they went for two at like a minute left, right? Where you're like, oh, we just can't tie and give Mahomes a minute to go down and kick a field goal. There's still four minutes left in the game. That, that That's extra point city right there. That's just showing. It's not like they have a shitty kicker. They've got a pretty good kicker too. Yeah, Carlson's yeah, he's making that extra point. I get why Kansas City did it because their touchdown put them up seven already. So going up eight doesn't do anything, but going up nine makes it a two possession game. So I get why the Chiefs went for two when they went up 30 to 23. That makes sense to me. Why the Josh McDaniel led Raiders didn't just kick the extra point with four and a half minutes left in the game <clears throat> is lost on me. Hashtag analytics. 